What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Will That's Good podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a great week so far. It's about to get better because we have an awesome guest on the podcast today. He just came out with a new book. Y'all, first of all, I hope that you're watching this on YouTube and not just listening on podcasts. And if you're listening on podcasts, go over and just check out the cover of this book because it is so cool. It's worried about everything because I'm praying about nothing. Y'all, how good is that? I know so many of us are worried about so many things and I can't wait to talk to Chad Veach about how we get to the point of not worrying so much and praying more. So Chad, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Well, man, it's so good to have you on. I've known you for a little while. Um, I'm sure people who are listening know you, but some you're new to. So I can't wait uh, to just hear a little bit of your story, talk about this book. But before we get into any of that, I had to ask you the question that everybody gets asked on the Well That's Good podcast. And that is, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh, big one ever. Big I one. like that one. That's a, first of all, that's a great question. <laughs> um, the best piece of advice. This is what comes to mind when you ask that question is from my father. And my dad used to uh, basically say, you're going to sell something. You're either going to sell cars. Or you're going to sell Jesus. Wow. But always try, always try and promote not your thing, but his thing. That's good. And I think that was just good advice to, you know, from a young age, my dad was kind of teaching me like, hey, life is not about you. Don't go into that side of life. Yeah. Always promote God. And, and you know, he was using the language of sell, but really what he's teaching me from a young age is live for God, live for the God story, live for the for the God thing, not your own thing. So the best bit of advice that I've got is, is live for Jesus. It's good. That's so good. It makes me think of, whenever Jesus was talking to Peter about fishing and he said, from now on, I'm going to make you a fisher, a man. It's like, that's it. It's so good. It's like, just live for Jesus and all that you do, um, do it for him. So I love that. That's so good. Well, I want to know a little bit more about your story. Um, y'all, I know y'all live in LA now and y'all are pastors of a church called Zoe that I've been able to go to. And it is just so incredible. But how did y'all get to where you're at? What's a little bit of your backstory? Yeah, so, and I love those days. I remember when we were first starting, you and your crew were coming through and yep. we were just, I, it was fun days in LA back then. It was awesome. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm from Seattle. Uh, my wife and I are actually from, you know, the Northwest. This is a cool story. Our dads went to college together. Oh, no way. They got saved together. Wow. They got filled with the spirit together, called to the ministry together. <laughs> what? Our parents, you can't make this up. Our parents got married on the same day, same year, same hour. What? And their firstborns end up marrying each other. Oh my gosh, that is like so, unheard of. So people are like, how, how you know, like how long have, have, have you known Julia? I'm like, I've been knowing her since the bathtub, okay? That's so, crazy. Yeah, so our families used to get together for Thanksgiving. Wow. And um, every we really we didn't see the McGregors. That's her maiden name. We didn't see the McGregors really until Thanksgiving each year. Well, I moved right out of high school. I went to L.A. For, for my first stint. I came to L.A., went to Bible college, and I became a youth pastor down here. So I stayed even after I graduated. So I missed seven straight Thanksgivings because I would only come up for Christmas. Wow. So finally, when I make my way back to the Thanksgiving table, uh, they assign seat me next to Julia. So I see Julia after all these years and I was like, dang, <laughs> Julia done grown up. 
<laughs> and uh, and so 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 one year we're sitting there just you know past the potatoes catching up and the next year we're sitting at the thanksgiving table married so wow more moral of the story go fishing in your own pond go fishing and, in your own uh, <laughs> pond that's so good but um but yeah our stories we're just a couple pastors kids from the northwest and uh fell in love uh had an amazing time uh in seattle and then we really felt for a while god had called us to come to la to start this church and we were getting ready to go and right before we were ready to like announce um our firstborn our oldest her name is georgia uh she was diagnosed with a rare brain condition mm. and we so we just pumped the brakes on all of la i kind of like to be honest put it at the altar and said you know, who knows? This is my priority now. Wow. And um, we just kind of felt like we got to take care of home for a bit. And I didn't know if we would ever go to LA because, you know, when you when your dream gets put on pause, you kind of just want, is a little Joseph there. You kind of wonder, is this ever going to happen? Yeah. And I'll never forget when we were, um, you know, getting the green light and we really felt like God was calling us to go. I was so excited. And so we moved down here and started with 11 people in our living room and, you know, just had like donuts and like idea, like we want to start a church. And <laughs> then it, it, it went from like 11 people to 85 people in our house. Wow. And we were meeting in our house until one night. We, I'll never forget. We were meeting on Tuesday nights to get ready to start this church. And I looked out as teaching in the house, 85 people. I looked, I seen this guy and I was like, that guy should never be in my home. I just don't know why. Like I could just sense it. Like this is not good. So then we started renting a church on Tuesday nights, and, wow. and, and then and then we launched Zoe. Wow, that's crazy. It's so cool that even while you were putting your dream on pause, it still was happening. I think there's something like to that because I think a lot of people when they get to that moment where their dream is on pause, you get in this waiting season, you know. And a lot of people don't know what to do in that waiting time. And I think a lot of people literally just wait. Um, but how yeah. do you actively wait? You know, whenever it was like, yeah, this is it. on pause, but what do you, how do you, you know, transition from, okay, that's what I thought, but this is what I'm doing now. Well, I think that the, the lie that a lot of us tell ourselves is that the big time is somewhere else. Yeah. And the reality is, is the big time is where you're at. That's good. And I always think, you know, wherever you are, be there. Yeah. You know, that's why Jesus is so clear. Matthew 6, he says, no, 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 don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Trust me, tomorrow has enough worries yeah. in itself. He said, but today, and I just love that there's this whole theme with Jesus. He's always taking it a day at a time. Yeah. Think, think about the Lord's Prayer. He says, when you pray, you don't have to say every single word I'm saying, but this is just good language. Yeah. This is just, this is good heart stuff. One of the things he says is give us today our daily bread. That's good. Or even as Jesus said, if anybody wants to follow me, they must pick up their cross daily. Yeah. So I just think like act, I like to use the word active because I think that you can still be active while you're waiting. That's good. You can still be serving and loving and wherever you are, be there. You yeah. know, the big time is not where you're at. The big time is where you are. That's so And good. I just think so many people, they we believe this lie that the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. The grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. And so if I'm in Louisiana, we're watering, baby. We're getting up, serving, smiling, adding value, helping people, living to give, not take. If I'm in LA, it's the same, you know, just so I just believe like, 
One of the big takeaways I had out of that experience, I forget who said this, but I think it's so true. God has a fast forward button and he can use it whenever he wants. Hmm. And so those years of waiting, it, they're not wasted. Yeah. Because when God gets ready to, you know, we move slow. So when it's time, you can move fast. Yeah. And I watched God just make things happen in weeks, months that could have taken in my own strength years. Yeah. And so I think that's got to tell us something. If it's hard and laborious and you feel like there's resistance, sometimes it's a sign maybe God's not in it. Wow. Because when you're walking in the will of God, one of the things that's evident that you're in the will of God is that the wind of heaven is at your back. You can mm. feel it. Yeah. You can sit. We were talking before we press record, just the wind of heaven. He just breathes on stuff. Yeah. Even in a waiting season, I felt God breathing on things, opening up doors, giving me opportunities to love and to share the gospel. Yeah. So That's I just, good. I'm grateful that every season doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like, but every season is right. That's good. That's so good. And I, I do think that so many people, that that's the hard part to hear, but I do think it's actually really good to hear that if you don't feel the wind of God behind something, then you should stop doing it. You know, you should ask the Lord, well, if this isn't right, then what is it? And I think so many of us, you know, we have our plan marked out. And instead of like, you know, being able to lay it down, like you said, lay it down on the altar and say, God, I want your plan, what you have for me. We're like, God, no, I want my plan, make my plan work. And sometimes God's like, that's just not my plan, you know? So right, do you right. want to sit out and wait for your plan or do you want to get on board with my plan? Because where I'm Man. wanting to take you is actually going to be fulfilling. And so I, I love that. It's so good. I, I saw something that you said one time. It was about uh, just y'all's story with Georgia. And you said, it was something along the lines of you said, people say, don't get your hopes up. And you said, but my hope, it's not that I'm trying to get my hopes up. I put my hope in God. And I thought that's that right. was so good. Can you expand on that a little bit about not getting your hopes up, like actually putting your hope on something that that actually um, is a promise? Yeah, I think that you got to, your hopes got to go somewhere. Yeah. And, but you know, so let's just look at a proverb real fast. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hmm. So we all have, maybe you have hope that your baby's going to be born without a, a, a sickness. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have hope in a relationship that this is going to be the one. Mm -hmm. Or you have hope in a business endeavor that this thing's going to take off. Yeah. Or you put your hope in Bitcoin or whatever, fill in the <laughs> blank. I think that it's okay to even at a practical level, be hopeful. Mm -hmm. I, I just like that. I, I, just as a theme in life, being optimistic. Like I'd rather see the glass half full yeah. than the glass half empty. Yeah. But I do, I, there's a little bit of caution that we have to use with Bitcoins to businesses, to human relationships, to even the birth of a child that the reality is that we don't live in heaven yet. Yeah. So there's just an unknown. So where can I put my hope and never be disappointed? I can put my hope in God. It's good. Well, why can't I put my hope in God? Well, because of his character and his nature. Yeah. And the fact that he says in Malachi, I, the Lord, your God, I do not change. Yeah. So God doesn't change. He's faithful. He's compassionate. He's merciful. That's good. So I can bank on that all day long. That's good. So the world, the world tells us don't get our hopes up. And I get kind of what they're saying, but I don't like that sense of criticism or that jagged edge, that naysayer mentality. I think, okay, if you don't want me to get my hopes up in people or 
you know, the economy. I get what you're saying, but I'm I'm going to put my hope on the perfect one who will never let me down. Yeah. Um, I was listening to your message when you preached about the worried about everything because of pray about nothing. And you said something I was like, this is so good for our culture to hear right now. And you're talking about um, manifesting to the universe. And that is like <laughs> such a thing right now. And, and I've, I've touched on it too, but I love how you said the power is not in saying things, but the power is in who you're saying them to. And I that's was it. like, boom, that's it. And so I think that this kind of goes along with what you're saying about it's who I put my hope in. And there are so many people who, um, you know, they, they want to take the first part of what this book says. I don't want to worry about anything. You know, I, of course I don't. But the way that I'm not going to worry is I'm going to manifest things and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But that that doesn't actually do anything because there's not a God in heaven who's responding to that. And so talk a little bit about um, just just even what you said there, because I think that that is yeah. so popular in culture right now. And even a lot of Christians are doing stuff like that, not realizing that that's not um, that's almost like putting your faith in another God. Yeah. And, and and how about this? The God of self. I think yeah. that's the, my bigger, one of my biggest concern is that if you think about what we're tapping into here, it's like we're tapping into either the universe or self. Yeah. That's and true. it's like, by, by the way, let's just all be honest. If I could have solved the problem, I would have. Yeah. Like, but, the, but the reality is like, I can't write that big of a check or I yeah. can't heal cancer. Yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't like fix that relationship or that person. I can't free someone from addiction. Yeah. So I need a higher power. And the higher power, I am convinced, is not the universe. Mm -hmm. I think it's the guy that like runs the universe. Yeah, yeah. So it's so the universe is powerful. Absolutely. But you want to know what's really powerful? <laughs> the guy that told the sun to get up this morning. Yeah. He's pretty powerful. Yeah. So I'd rather talk to him about my issues. And so I, you know, I think that people understand like the power of confession. And I think we kind of innately understand there's power in my tongue. Now, I want to make sure we understand there is power in our words. Yeah. Because the Bible clearly teaches us the power of life and death is in the tongue. Right. So I do have the power to speak things. This is, by the way, just the spirit of faith. Mm -hmm. The spirit of faith is speaking things that don't exist as though they do. Mm -hmm. So that is the, so we've got like, I feel like when people say this, I'm like, you've got 95% of this right. Yeah, yeah. All we have to do is add the 5% that matters the most, yeah. which is the name Yahweh, mm -hmm. you know, which is the name Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. He's the one that provides. And when we understand, if we ju just turn the dial and focus our faith on him, yep. it's not the universe that's making stuff happen. Yep. It's the God of the universe. Yep. So it, to me, it's, it's, it, it gets me excited because I feel like people are like, a lot of people are so close to understanding the true source of power, which is God. Yeah, that's so good. I think, okay, so for people listening who are like, this is so good. And maybe they're like, I thought I was praying when I was manifesting. Maybe they're like, I thought I was praying when I was saying things. Um, so, say someone comes up to you and say, Chad, okay, I'm ready to start praying about things. How do I pray? Um, just basics for people. How how do you start praying if you've never prayed before? I think this is so good. This gets me, first of all, whoever you are, let's go. <laughs> and uh, I, it gets me fired up because I, I think, you know, like, 
one of the greatest prayers I think you could start with. Like I always, this is this is like a, a trick that I would say, like set an alarm, like let's go 9, 12, and 6 p.m. Set it on your phone and three times a day, let's start here. When it goes off, close your eyes and just say Jesus. Hmm. Let's just say his name three times a day. Just Jesus. Do you know how much power and impact and effectiveness comes from saying the name that is above all names? Yep. Or, or, or let's just go even further. Some of us are so intimidated by prayer. I really think that we've we've got this, you know, myth or you know, like this this bad uh, uh, connotation of it. And so we think we, we've got to we've got to say drawn out prayers. Mm -hmm. I actually was listening this morning to. I just I was like I got to get a new audiobook because I just finished one in the car. So I was looking this morning and I just downloaded. Have you ever heard of that book, Deep and Wide, by Andy Stanley? No, but I feel like un I, I need to. Unbelievable book. I read it years ago and I was like, I want to read it again. Andy Stanley was talking this morning about this idea. He's like, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church. And he goes, he goes, people that pray long prayers, drawn out prayers, impressive prayers. He goes, in my experience, these are his words. In my experience, those are the people that usually aren't around still. They had some sort of failure. Hmm. He goes, so just based upon trauma, I, I, I pray short prayers. He goes, maybe it's wow. just my pendulum swing, but he's like, there's something about short prayers. So I just, I also believe that. Like, that's why I say start with Jesus because there's something about yeah. starting with like small, do a sentence. Yeah. But I think you should start a contact in your phone, name it God or Jesus. And some of us are so good at texting, it's crazy. Like, say, do you have that friend that's like really good at texting? You're like, wow. <laughs> You're like, yes, I do. You... <laughs> Your emoji usage is sensational. And it's almost intimidating uh, because <laughs> you're like, okay, you're like, you're trying to respond, but you're like, dang, how do I even do that? Like, I'm so not on your level. Like, wow, are you a journalist? <laughs> I totally feel that. Yes. But I think like, I love texting with people. I can just be like, yeah, there's misspelling here and I don't even feel bad because we know each other and yeah. we're comfortable. This is how I text my wife. Yeah, I think you just start to text with Jesus and, and and just cool. just text him yeah. because the point of prayer, this is this is so great. The point of prayer is connection. Mm -hmm. It's not even answers. Mm, that's it's good. not even mountain moving. Yeah, it it, it it it's not even like results. Yeah, the point of prayer is connecting with God, and connecting with God changes everything. It's good. That's so good. I love how you said it's connection and not results. I, I wrote down a quote you had, and I was like, this is so good because this is talking about prayer for the practical things. And it said, prayer done right will keep us in a place of healthy self-worth and godly confidence. And I think so many times, like we think of prayer as like, we only go, you know, for we only go to God in prayer when we need like a miracle or we only go to God in prayer when we need something done right. But like prayer actually produces healthy self-worth and godly like self-confidence. And I was just reading those two words. I'm like, man, isn't that what everybody's looking for? Like self-worth and confidence. And to know that like prayer can produce those things in the Lord was super powerful. And so um, just for some people who have not seen prayer in a practical way, um, talk about some of the things that you pray for. Because I, yeah. I think some people are like, when, when do you pray? Do I always pray? Do I sometimes pray? You know, prayer can be a confusing thing for someone who's never prayed. I remember um, on a practical note, whenever I was in school, a Bible teacher told me, she said, 
start your prayer in the morning and never end it. And it was just this idea mm. of like, you know, hey, God, like, I'm just going to talk to you all day today. And there would be moments it. in the day that you just kind of continue the conversation. And I still do that. Like, it's not that I'm mm. like, dear God, but all day I'm like talking to God. Like, I'd be like, yeah. even if I'm like on the road, I'll be driving and I'll see, you know, if you see a wreck, I'm just like, oh, God, bless these people. Like, be with them. Um, heal whoever is hurt. Be with the families. And then I keep yes. driving and I'm like, Oh God, I hope honey's having a good day today. Just like, would you just cover yeah. her with joy? And it's just like these little things that I just bring up to God, not realizing that like, and sometimes I'm like, I'll never see the results of that prayer. I don't know yeah. who I just pray for the side of I pray for people at drive through ones. I pray for that. I pray for me. But over time, like what it produces in me, like the faith it produces and the hope. And sometimes you hear those stories with other people. It's amazing. And so what does it look like to just practically pray? Yeah. Oh, I love those examples. And I, I I couldn't agree more. And again, the point is connection. And when you stay connected with God, when you're just always talking to him, I think, again, like we're so intimidated by this thing because we're just like, am I doing it right? Yeah. Is this okay? Can I be this uh, flippant or nonchalant or casual? Like, yeah. is he really my friend? Think about Jesus. Jesus is like, guys, you're not, I don't call you servants. Yeah. You are my friends. It's good. So we've got to get over this hurdle that I'm this big, bad sinner and he's this perfect God. And we got to close that gap to know this is my best friend. It's good. He is my imaginary friend. And I'm just talking to him. Today I was in the car before I downloaded that book and there was something I really want and really want to do. And so I just said to God, like, hey, God, I, I would love to do this. You know, you know my desires. You know that I, I, I want to go to this trip and... If you want me to do that, I would love to do that. But, you know, just I want to just say I love you and grateful for all the opportunities I have. Just talk to him real fast. Yeah. You know, just check. It's almost like checking in. Yeah. If you good. look at my text history with Julia, my wife, we, we're celebrating next week 14 years. I have never texted my wife. Hey, how you been? <laughs> what's, what's good with you? How you feeling? Like we talk nonstop. Yeah. We just are always communicating. And I think that's how it should be with Jesus. It's good. Like it's, I'm, I'm never like, just like, you, you know, that awkward re-entry when you haven't talked to somebody in a while and you're like, that's ah, so how do I start true, this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think we feel, feel that. like that God's going to be like a human, like almost disappointed or mad at us. Yeah. You don't even understand how much God wants to talk to you. Yeah. So I think there's like the lifestyle prayer. There's the journal prayer. Sometimes I like to process, Yeah. you know, with God, like what just happened on paper. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Like I just like to process. Yeah. I, I, I have this thing that I do like flashcards. I'll take like one of my kids' names. I'll, I'll circle the name. And then I'll just write all around the name what I'm praying for them. That's cool. And I'll, and I'll do that with my wife. I'll do that with our church. That's cool. So that way when I come back to prayer times, I can, I don't have to make something up that's brand new. Yeah. I can go, that's right. That's what I'm praying for and I'm believing for. And I've got language down on this flashcard that helps me like know what to say and what not to say. I love so that. I just think there's so many opportunities of creativity, just like a relationship. You know, that's it's good. just like, let's just, let's just talk to God. So I, I have a few times in my calendar per week that I'm like, I have scheduled prayer times. I'm going to put on worship and I'm going to sit down and pray, or I'm going to walk around and pray, mm -hmm. or I'm going to go on a prayer walk. I have it in my weekly calendar. That's awesome. Um, and so I just, I, I think that again, if we look at this as a genie in a bottle and it's transactional, yeah, you never, you're, you're going to walk away from prayer being like, ah, I, then I feel like there's something off. 
But if you can approach it like, man, this is the person that cares about me the most. I could be more honest and vulnerable and authentic with this person than anyone in my world. Yep. Then I feel like you're going to get down to the raw and the That's real. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the, one of the, my favorite things about prayer. Prayer is an invitation into intimacy. It's good. Yeah. So I just love that. Let's talk to God like a friend. I love that. I think it's so good. Your analogy with Julia. You're not like. Hey, how you doing? Because you know how she's doing. Like y'all are together. That was such a good way to put it. And I feel that way with God too. Like it's never an awkward thing. But I remember years ago, I, I was like so hard on myself because I was like, I got to wake up and I got to like pray first thing. And then I would like not do it. And I would be so disappointed in myself thinking God was disappointed in me. And I was like, oh, wait, God, like you're here right now. Um, so why don't we just talk? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I slept in. That's obvious. You know that. And you are my first priority. And I and I just want to say I love you. And then we just go into a conversation. And I think like I was like putting the disappointment on me that I thought like God was disappointed in me. But it was really just like me putting that disappointment on me. And I remember saying it like this to someone. I was like, I was acting like God, you know, planned a 7 a.m. breakfast for us and I ditched him. And God was like, I didn't even plan that. You did. You know, like, <laughs> like it's it's cool, you know, but but also like there is something amazing to that. Like Jesus obviously got up in the morning and left and he would pray and he would be with the Father. So, yes, we should desire that. And yes, it's right. awesome to do that. But if you don't do that, God's not sitting there like, well, you should have done that. Like, I think yeah, God's yeah. there. Like, he's there with you right then when you do wake up and ready to talk and ready ready for the day. Um, I love Matt Chandler says, uh, God made the days and the days were made for you. And I just think that's such a good way to put it. Um, I know that recently you talked to Dr. Henry Cloud on your uh, Instagram and um, y'all talked about what prayer actually does to the brain. Um, what Ooh. does prayer do to the brain? Is that like an actual thing? Does it actually do something to our brains? Well, we got to get Dr. Cloud uh, on here, the official doctor to, uh, you know, in the only, in only the way that he can do it, explain. But he was talking about the benefits of prayer and what it actually does in rerouting, uh, you know, the thoughts and, and how powerful it is to actually bring wow. peace. And, um, you know, Dr. Cloud is just such a legend. I just adore cool. him so much. And when he talks, you know, in fact, the, the, the book that I had just finished in my car and why I had to buy a new one is because I've been listening to him as I drive uh, on a book called Necessary Endings that is sensational. And everyone needs to read that one. Unbelievable book. But he was talking about, think about this, even from mm. a, a psychosis uh, perspective. One of my favorite guys is not just Dr. Cloud, but another guy named Peter Scazzaro. And Peter Scazzaro, he's written a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And, and uh, he did another book called Emotionally Healthy Church. But one of the things that he talks about a lot is that we have spiritual giants and emotional toddlers. And a line that he says, I think mm. is so powerful. He says, I got Jesus in my heart, but I got grandpa in my bones. <laughs> that is yeah. such a good line. What he's Ouch. really saying is we've got to, we've got to so find true. a way. Is it how true is that? It's like, we, we, we want to serve God and we want to love Jesus, but it's like, I got this old man in me. I got this old thinking and old ways. And the Bible teaches us that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So when I pray, God is obviously mm. working not just in my heart, he's working also in my mind and shifting my mind to get the mind of Christ. And Peter says, 
that mm. we are most powerful when the cognitive and the spiritual connect. So we're not, think about that, we're not powerful when we're wow. just spiritual. We're spiritual, we're powerful when you got your mind yeah. thinking the thoughts of God. That's why Paul the Apostle says, guys, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So if not, my mind gets in the gutter. I got grandpa in my bones, I got it's grandpa good. in my mind. And so I think that's such a powerful thought to think, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that help, helps me in prayer is that my I'm getting a new perspective. I'm approaching it from the right premise. I'm 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 getting I'm getting the mind of God for the person that I'm working things out with or the situation and um and and, and clearly there's a, a a a chemical side to it. Gosh, everything you're saying is so rich and I feel like you know, the topic of prayer, this is going to help so many people, but so much more beyond that. I love how you have gone from scripture to scripture to scripture, and it has made me want to walk away and read a lot more scripture <laughs> just so I can know it like that. And it can just flow out of me like that. One thing that I am inspired by, by you and your family is you and Julia, you'll have a great marriage. It's, it's such an inspiration to so many. She is also my fashion icon. I always say that. If I'm like <laughs> interesting uh, who to look like, I just go to her Instagram. I just go to her Instagram for fashion inspo. She's awesome. So y'all have a great marriage. You have four kids. You uh, y'all, you know, pastor a church. You run marathons. You do all these things. You write books, all kinds of things, leadership podcasts. How do you do all the things and do it all well? I think that's something that Christian and I are really trying to focus on in our life right now. You know, we we have our marriage and we're parents, but we're running a ministry, we're building a house, and we're like, he's doing all of his um, things with his fitness and his podcast. I'm doing it with mine. Like, how do we do all these things, but do them all well? Because I think that uh, some people, times people have a tendency to like put all of it into work and then their home life suffers or all of it into their home life and their work life suffers. How do you find that balance and doing the things that you're doing and doing them well? Guys, I mean, are you kidding me? What a great, what a great question. I think first of all, but when you say, when you ask that question, my first thought immediately goes to, well, you're not going to do all things well, and I'm not doing all things well. And no, no, there is just, I think <laughs> yeah. that we have to always remember that people admire our our strengths but they relate with our weaknesses and we're we're all human you know so mm -hmm. like when you're asking that question i i just immediately start thinking about if you want to be great you got to be okay with dropping some balls and that's just the reality is like so it makes me think of like my no is more powerful than my yes so i might be able to kill it in this area but that mm -hmm. means like maybe for a season I can't hang out with my friends that much or for a season, I'm not going to be able to spend that much time with my, you know, my siblings or I think really what I'm saying is like, you got to define your win for that season. And I think as a couple and as a family, you go, okay, mm -hmm. we're starting school. We're getting back in the fall in this next, I like to look at the next 30, 60, 90 days. In the next three months, what are we going to focus on? What do we want to do? And we try and define that win so that we go like, hey, what was a win in the summer playing around being on the lake traveling taking a rest you know that the win for us in the summer is recharging but the win in the fall just completely yeah. changes so i think it goes by season yeah. i like to look at the three seasons of the year that's how we run our calendar is we look at three different blocks of the year but i think that overall what i uh, the spirit of your question is what i adore and that is for all of us hmm. Psalm 90, verse 12. 
Psalm 90, 12, what does he say? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So what's, what's David praying mm -hmm. here? He's saying, Lord, will you show me not just to have insight, but to have foresight? Will you teach me how to fast Good. forward the tape and show me and Christian, what do we need to do in October? And what do we need to do in November? In, in other words, like I think mm -hmm. that if you're going to be good, you got to be really good at your calendar. Like, because time is like money. If I don't tell my yeah. time where to go, it'll just go anywhere it wants. So, so time, money, and water <laughs> yeah. are all the same. Water, I got to tell where the water goes. I got to tell my money. My money, I assign my money. You're going to go to my church first. I'm going to tithe. You're going to go to my my 401. You're going to go to this investment, this savings, these bills. I tell my money where it goes. I tell my time where it's going to go. So I think to do, I mean, come on, Sadie, your life, are you kidding? This is crazy. This is, you could be stretched and pulled in every which way if you let your schedule run you. But you're not going to do that. You're going to run your schedule. Mm. And yeah. because you are, Oh, yep. I think I think that when you get really good at this, here's what I have found is that you're not just good at time management. Time management will turn into energy management and you'll have enough energy yeah, to do what you true. need to do. Because I'm actually not obsessive over like minutes and hours. I'm obsessed of like what needs my energy. So like today, I my first meeting was at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go pretty hard until tonight, 6 I am so excited to go home and for two and a half, three hours, my boys are getting every bit of me that's left for the day. And I just know that like, I'm excited mm -hmm. to preserve energy for them. So you're not, yeah. we're not going to do everything well, but I think that we can, to the best of our ability, say no to the wrong things so we can say yes to the right things. Yeah, that's so good. That's it. I remember um, last year, I really did feel like I was getting run by my schedule and Christian and I had to like stop, like literally pause. And uh, we actually ended up going to a life coach and that was the first time I ever went to a life coach. Never even thought about going to a life coach before until a friend recommended it. And we got to the point where now we're running our schedule. And even in the past gosh, six months since then, our life has looked so different. Our health has looked different. Our energy has looked different. Um, even my friends are asking me, like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. Where, you know, <laughs> eight months ago, I would have been like, I'm drowning, you know? But I'm like, I'm doing so good. And I don't even drink caffeine, but I have so much energy. Like, I just feel so good because I'm doing the things that I love to do. And when you're doing the things you love to do and you're doing the right things and prioritizing things right, Man, like it energizes you, it fuels you. I was really taking notes of what what you were saying because I thought it was so good. I wanted to remember it. Um, it's I love whenever I'm I'm supposed to be interviewing and I I feel like I'm listening to the podcast. I'm taking my own <laughs> notes, but I love that. Define your wins, and also you were you're hinting at that and and know what sacrifices you need to make and be willing to make them. Um, I, I remember um, in a season where I was really wanting to grow in speaking. Um, I remember going to a sermon or a church service and Alex Seeley was preaching a sermon at the belonging. And she said, you're going to have to make sacrifices when it comes to your calling. And she said, 
you might be working really hard at something in this season and you're going to have to not go to the movie with your friends. You're going to have to go home early from the dinner. You're going to have to, you know, make the right sacrifices. And I remember, you know, really feeling that at the time, like, man, I am having to make these sacrifices. I'm not getting to have as much fun in these areas as I would want to have. Um, but in that season, that's not what it was for. And when I look back how much I grew in that time, man, it actually ended up being so sweet for the days to come and strengthening my muscles for what I needed that were the days to come. And then there's other times in my life where I'm just having fun with my friends, you know, I'm just like doing yes. my thing, having fun. Like there, there are seasons to everything and there's a time for everything. And so uh, I love that. Um, last thing I want to say is there's a quote from the book that I thought was so good. And I, I think I used to look at life like this and that's why I want to bring it up because I know so many people do. But you say, God isn't trying to get something from you. He's trying to get you. You are the gift. You are the goal. You are the object of his love. And I think for a long time, I thought like, and this sounds crazy, but I felt like God was like trying to just like get something from me, like almost like it was, and, and I would say it in this context, I was trying to live like my life for him, right? But I felt like in doing that, I was like not getting to do the things that I wanted to do. But I was a little bit more of an immature version of me, but I do think that's super real. Um, I, I remember even my brother-in-law went through a season where he was like, I'm living my life for you, God, but it feels like you're using me because nothing's, you know, like, where are you for me kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to do all the right things, but I just love that it's like God's actually not trying to get something from you. Like he wants Man. you. And I think when I realized um, just the difference in like, even what you said, it's not about results. It's about, it's about the um, connections, about the communication. When I realized like my relationship with God is not for my life to look fruitful in the ways of successes or the ways of how I thought my life was going to look, but it's to look fruitful in the ways of him. It's to be full of him and um, and vice versa for us to be in relationship together. Mm. Um, and so that really changed my thinking. And when you read the Bible, then you're like, oh, well, this, yeah, of course. Like it talks about like, if you're actually going to follow Jesus, that means to pick up your cross. You know, it's not going to be an easy road. But knowing mm. that God doesn't need anything from me, but he just wants me is such a beautiful thing to see your relationship with God as a relationship and not a religion, you know? I think that's like the most beautiful thing. So I wanted to, to just ask you about that because I know so many people are in that, including me, I was in there. But I'm just going to say that quote one more time. And I want you to speak into it. That God isn't trying yeah. to get something from you, but he is trying to get you. It's, it's so good. Yeah, I just think, by the way, I love hearing your journey because I think all of us have gone through that journey, right? There's something... I don't know if it's just Western civilization, but we kind of all just, we live in such a transactional society and we kind of feel like um, I've got to bring something to the table or surely mm -hmm. like my performance is what allows me to be friends with these people mm -hmm. or why people follow me on social media. And we just live in a works-based mentality. Mm -hmm. And I one of my favorite sayings is, the work of a believer is receiving. Hmm. And that 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 changed my life right there. Just that it's phrase, good. the work, the real work. The real work is not striving or earning. The that's real work good. is sitting down and receiving. That's good. And we look we look at these stories in the Bible. We're like, wow, that's it's crazy story. But it's like, no, no, no. Like he actually says, Martha, you are not getting it right here. Mm -hmm. Mary, that's my girl. You chose the right thing. What is she doing? receiving it's good and 
You are worried about so many things. Why are we so stressed out? Why do we have so much anxiety? For Martha, it was like the dishes and, you know, the cleanliness of the house is what we kind of use as preachers. But it's like fill in the blank for worry. Like we just go so hard in our culture and try and perform and make money. And I got to earn the grades. I got to get there. I got to make this happen. I got to pick up the kids. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, he's really clear in this story. Mary chose the thing that will never be taken away. Yeah. And that is choosing the presence of God over perfection. Yeah. Over performance. Skin. And I think that we've got to understand Watchman Nee. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book. It's got a famous book called Sit, Stand, Walk. And it's out of the book of Ephesians. And really, if you think about our theology of how we approach Jesus, we are first seated in heavenly places. So we are seated before we stand, therefore, in the grace of God and before we walk in the spirit. Cool. So I got to the first thing that God tells me to do is sit. He doesn't tell me to run this race yeah. or to walk out my faith. The first thing he says is, son, daughter, sit. That's good. And just to use one more Bible reference so we can all understand this. This is what you're hitting on is so powerful. The prodigal son, Luke 15, everybody loves the prodigal son. But let's just look at it from like a bigger lens. Why do we all resonate with the prodigal son story? When I read Luke 15, I don't see some punk kid that comes back to God. I see myself in the narrative. Right, right. Why do I get to come back? It is not because of worth. It is only because of birth. That's good. We don't get to come back to the house of God because I look at what I've done. I've made it. I've memorized. I pray now. I started a contact with Jesus. I made mm -hmm. some flashcards. I've memorized some scriptures. So clearly God loves me because I'm worthy of his love. No, you are not. Yeah. None of us. We are all sinners saved by grace. Yeah. Lest any man should boast. It's the divine order. Sorry, I'm preaching for just a moment. So Come just on, indulge real don't fast. be sorry. Ephesians, it's this Ephesians 2.8. What does Ephesians 2.8 say? For it is by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not of, this is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. What is the Bible saying? It is by grace, Jesus, you have been saved through faith. We yeah. get it wrong and we put our faith before our grace. No, yeah. Jesus comes before you. Yeah. And so I, I get to receive, I get to sit. I get to come into the presence of God because I'm a son, not based on worth, but be but based upon birth. So I think That's when great. you get this right, I got to be honest, I was a, a preacher for a long time before I understood grace. Yeah. And I wish I could go back and apologize to all the youth. You know, I was a youth pastor for 15 years and probably for the first decade of preaching, I didn't realize I was still under the law. Hmm. And, the, and the law is works. You hmm. earn it. You deserve it. So it's it's what you confess, it's what you do. So the onus is all on the believer. No, 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 in grace, the onus is all on Jesus. Wow. He's the hero. He's the one that's made it happen. Yeah. And you just look at the difference between the law and grace in the Bible. The hmm. first time the law is preached in the Old Testament, 3,000 people die. But the hmm. first time grace is preached in the New Testament, 3,000 people are saved. Wow. The law kills, but the but the spirit of Jesus gives life. Wow. And so, sorry, I'm getting a little loud on the podcast, but it. whoa, that'll preach. That'll, that's a whoa, whoa that's that'll good. preach. 
That is a whoa, what? that's good. That'll <laughs> preach. Hey, there's a reason that you got a microphone. There's a reason we said, let's make sure before we start this podcast, you have a microphone because <laughs> we knew you were about to preach. That is so good. Oh my gosh. Well, look, we have so much here. I feel like people are going to listen to this. This is going to be one of those that people go back to. It's like you went back to the Andy Stanley book. This is going to be one of those podcasts that people go back to over and over. Like I even took out my pen and started writing notes for myself, uh, writing down books that you said to read, writing down scripture references that you talked about going to, writing down just little nuggets that you said here and there. Um, So thank you for being a well of wisdom for being a well of spiritual things the, the gospel the the books the, everything because you're going to help so many of us including myself grow so much um and for those listening um we definitely should have a part two at some point but if you want a part two go get his book because there's so much more in this book that he <laughs> has to say you can also watch um his church online i know zoe church they post their sermons um but chad thank you for being on this podcast seriously i feel like we could have gone a whole nother 45 minutes and talked about so many great things and i'm sure we'll do it another time but uh this is so rich and so good so thank you so much Oh, you're the best. I adore your family. I cannot wait to see you guys again in person sometime soon. But just thank you for being who you are and doing what you're doing. Please don't stop. Just keep going. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.